Support for this podcast comes from Avature, the AI-powered total talent platform trusted by 110 of the Fortune 500. From initial candidate engagement through onboarding, talent mobility and performance management, Avature enables organisations to meet their unique needs while delighting and engaging all stakeholders. Just listen to what Nilesh Boote, Director of Recruitment at L'Oreal, has to say. The solutions that we have created are so specific to L'Oreal that it just feels like a team sitting outside of L'Oreal and working for us. If you sign up with Avature, it's for sure signing up with a company who, with whom you will be really able to design solutions the way you want and also embark on a, a, a journey with where innovation is at the core. Visit avature.net and discover why global leaders like L'Oreal choose Avature to power their recruiting and talent management strategies. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 378 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Keeping employees is as difficult as attracting employees at the moment. And as ever, it's particularly tough in the tech sector. The relationship between employee and employer is changing and shared values are a vital part of this. My guest this week is Michelle Visser, VP People Success and Enablement at software company Unit4. Unit 4 are taking an holistic, values-driven approach to recruitment and retention. It's also a strategy based on innovation and experimentation. And Michelle has some extremely valuable perspectives to share. Hi, Michelle, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Michel Visser. Uh, I look after people success and enablement at Unit4, a tech company. And uh, it's basically a fancy way of saying my job is to ensure we get the best talent to join our business. And, and once they're in, make them as successful as they can be. I want to talk about uh, that in a lot more detail as we get into the conversation. But I suppose just to give us a little bit of context, tell us a bit about Unit 4 and what you do. So we're a tech business um, and we basically uh, we operate in 24 countries across the globe. Uh, we offer ERP solutions, helping businesses manage their business. Uh, and we serve all businesses where people is the main asset, right? So think about, you know, government, schools, but also professional services, businesses, those kind of uh, those kind of business. Around the world, we're seeing lots of employers with uh, recruiting challenges, very difficult to find talent and also very difficult to keep talent at the moment. What kind of challenges are you seeing? What are you experiencing from your perspective? No, absolutely. So but what I basically see and what we see happening across the industry, I think, is just an acceleration of what's, what, what, what was already happening, I would say, pre-COVID times. Uh, where we just see people, you know, where tenures are sort of getting less and less, you know, people uh, sort of move around businesses uh, all the time. Um, and over the past year or so, we see, of course, a massive acceleration, right, where there is there is lots of attrition. People had a lot of time to reflect on, on their careers and their future. 
And as such, uh, talent is on the move, I would say. The companies that can deal with this situation the, the, the best in terms of, well, both in terms of recruiting talent and retaining talent uh, are going to give themselves a, a massive competitive advantage, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, because I think one of the things that we've seen over the past two years is that, especially in the tech industry, um, if you're not careful, work becomes a truly transactional thing, right? You you open up your laptop at nine o'clock, you close it at six, and at the end of the month, you get your paycheck. And and if, if that is sort of the game that we play, then I think, you know, there's always organizations with bigger pockets. So it's quite important for organizations to put something next to this, right, uh, to, to build this competitive advantage and become an attractive partner uh, of choice for all the talent out there in the market. Um and that puts a completely different perspective, I would say, on, on, on sort of the investments that businesses need to make into people and just the overarching lens, how you should look at people in general. Because suddenly we talk about stuff like, uh, you know, uh, ensuring not only that people are productive, but also ensure that people, that we look after people's well-being, right? And we create an inspiring environment to work in. And suddenly all these themes, which, are, which were already important, I would say, earlier, I think now become increasingly more important to look after and, and really make the difference. We really are sort of fundamentally seeing a, a, a shift in the, the the relationship between employees and, and employers and the, the the quality of that relationship and, and what it means. I mean, talk us through some of the things that, that you're doing as an organization or that you're seeing in other organizations that that's kind of really helping that to happen what are, what are people who are doing this well in terms of retaining the talent that they have what are they doing well i think it starts with um really sort of investing time and making exp very explicit what your dna of the business is about uh, and what we do is a lot you know it, spending a lot of time talking through and making people aware what our company values are, right, as a starting point, so people can see if they relate to theirs, and they can also function as a mechanism to attract talent. Um, but that's only the starting point, because then you need to really expand on this and build on this. What we've done, for example, is we've launched, we've launched this very big program focused on um, employee success, but there we really took sort of a holistic view on employee success. So it, it, it stretches way beyond, you know, we look after your professional development because we also look after, uh, you know, people staying physically fit, people staying socially fit, people staying mentally fit. Um, so we've deployed all sorts of initiatives in this domain um, for people to actually start feeling that the business cares about them beyond the moments that they sort of contribute and deliver to the business results. We just holistically care uh, uh, for our people. Um, and you need to be innovative, right? It's really important that you stand out um, and you can be innovative on the stuff that I just talked about, but you can also be innovative when it comes to, for example, uh, the compensation and benefits sort of in the compensation and benefit arena, right? How do you stay competitive and attractive at that piece? Uh, we recently reshuffled uh, our comp plans for, for our sales teams, for example. We're working into sort of building a, a share scheme, a participative share scheme for employees. Um, and lastly, and, and this is the one I'm, I'm sort of most sort of proud of because I think, yeah, this, this really stretches the concept, um, is that, that we've just partnered with, uh, with an organization that helps, uh, that, that enables girls in Africa in refugee camps to code. And there we basically leverage sort of our capability for a tech business 
right? And adding this sort of layer of purpose to it where we offer our employees the opportunity to also do a bit of good to the world next to their day job. And I think it's ingredients like these um, that help you create, you know, a sparkling workplace that it's interesting to stay uh, or interesting to move into. Some fantastic initiatives that you mentioned there. Just stepping back to, to what you were talking about at the start, in terms of sort of well-being in particular, obviously lots of organisations talk about this. And one of the things that I've seen is, is sometimes that can feel very tokenistic. So, for example, the, almost the ridiculous case of I was talking to an organisation who were worried that all of their employees were burnt out because they spent all day on Zoom calls. And their their antidote to this was to give them some mindfulness training via Zoom, um, which, which, was, which to me kind of seemed a little bit crazy. How do you make sure that those kind of programs are, are meaningful and uh, people really get value from them? Well, I think there is no sort of one-size-fits-all. There's no holy grail sort of approach. Uh, but but we, we sort of experimented with various things. So one of the things is we partnered up with an organization and sort of not embedded in our organization. So we partnered up with an external organization uh, which is offer mental health aids um, in the broadest sense of the word, right? So we deployed an app. People can reach out to the people in that organization, can just have a cup of virtual cup of coffee, you know, just have a bit of talk about how they feel. Um, so we... we at one side, we just try to open up channels, you know, for people to engage with other people, you know, to share their, you know, whatever they're struggling with. And at the other side, I think looking after mental well-being is also has to do with um, giving people this appreciation and this feeling that the organization cares about them, right? So, so, so in our case, I mean, it's nothing different to, I would say, than to just managing your own relationship with your partner at home, right? How do you keep it exciting, right? So, I don't know, you sent, what we did is we, you know, over summer we sent a little gift, you know, we now and then offer, you know, we, we come up with this nice sort of developmental opportunities for everybody. We give people subscriptions to a learning solution. We invite some external nice speakers to, you know, sharpen the mind. Uh, we we have this sort of mental, mental support, as I just talked to, um, we recently, we, we worked on this whole sort of what we call fit for you, right? Where we allow our employees to stay also physically fit. So we have all these different sort of workout sessions that people can join in uh, remotely. Um, and then on the background, we support this with uh, with other tools. So of course, we're a tech company, so we like to do a lot of tooling. So we have another tool in the background where we sort of stimulate people to, to get physically active. We track their steps. And we partner up with organizations, you know, where when we hit certain thresholds in terms of exercise, we donate to a charity. So we have all these different sort of components that we experiment with and play with. And so of course, some work better than others. But I think as an organization, it's quite important that you just start doing stuff, right? That stuff is happening um, and you find your little, let's say, holy grail or sort of best solution. Uh, because it will be different for everybody. Absolutely. And I think what's interesting about what you're describing is that you kind of have this uh, this this wellness program. You're, you're also sort of putting your values, um, you know, front and center. And also with the charity that you're working with, I guess that's that's kind of sort of living those values and, and, and showing evidence of that. Does it, does it kind of all sort of tie in together? Do the values provide you with the map, if you like, to make this understandable and, and really resonate with your employees? Absolutely. Uh, one of our one of our core 
one of our four core values is people first. And of course, many businesses will say, right, we put people first. Uh, so it starts with putting this statement out, but then it starts to actually, you know, the next step is then to start living it. Uh, and, and through this, the stuff that I just described are just examples where we try to showcase to our people is that we truly live this value, for example. So, so these values are absolutely our sort of moral compass guiding us uh, and, and directing us into these various initiatives. From a sort of a talent acquisition perspective, how do you leverage this back into making sure that you're attracting the, the absolute right talent for your business? Well, what we see happening is that we increasingly also see candidates asking for these kind of things, right? So I think sort of uh, a few years back ago, the question was more around, you know, how, how can you make me successful in my job, right? So what is this business going to do to make me thrive? But the question now is, is way more sort of holistically asked in terms of, you know, how can I be successful in my job? But just how does this organize, not only this, but then also how does this organization help you to be successful in life in general, right? Because there's not only work, there's also all the other stuff. And we increasingly see, you know, candidates eluding sort of to these topics. Um, so, so we leverage all the, all the sort of the initiatives that we just talked about. Uh, massively, right? So we, we, we use this uh, to fuel the engine room of our branding activities, right? Because we want to showcase that we live our people first value, for example, and we showcase these examples, um, but we stretch them also into policy making. Uh, for example, we just released a, a, a policy around taking unlimited leave. Uh, everybody's now struggling with, you know, where where and when to work. We see lots of candidates also asking clarity on this, right? Do I need to be in the office or not? Uh, and also here we, we use our moral compass, which is all about, about trust and people first, uh, where we state, well, we don't really care, right? We have our offices, you can stay at home. Uh, as long as you deliver your results, it's okay. So we just, I think one of the things we're trying to do now is actually pro provide clarity in a space which is quite unclear, Right, because everything is shifting all the time at this point in time. Uh, and we're trying to very explicitly formulate answers uh, to our candidates on, on, on how we feel on all these topics, on employee well-being, on where you work, on how we're going to make you successful. And we try to boil them down into very traditional tooling stuff as well, right? Just, you know, uh, boil it down all into a one-pager, right? What is the leaflet that we use to sell our business? And we spent quite some time on, on building this, for example. And is it something that you're also very keen to demonstrate in terms of your actions? So from a recruitment perspective, is, is candidate experience kind of really important? Do you sort of focus on, uh, you know, focus on that to sort of demonstrate how much you value people? Yeah, yeah, it's massively important. Um, um, and, and yeah, and we're taking sort of a multiple step approach there. So at one side, sort of, we started really sort of managing and, and sort of getting in touch with our alumni base, for example, right? So people who are not even in the process, uh, but we still want to stay in touch and, and, you know, keep them close, for example. And those people who are in the process and the people we are reaching out to, that candidate experience is absolutely key because at the end of the day, uh, as the marketplace is globalizing, uh, yeah, we will meet again anyways, right? So it's really important to manage those relationships, even if they don't lead to a, a concrete offer or a placement into the business. Uh, so the short answer is yes. It seems that we're at this real 
inflection point where it comes to to work at the moment. As you said, rethinking the relationship between employees and employers on every type of level, where work's done, how the work's done, how people are rewarded for work that's done all those all those kind of things i mean it's a very very disruptive time at the moment as you said there isn't really a sort of a a, a clear path um and no one's quite sure what's what's going on how do you think this is all going to develop over the next two to three years what direction do you think it's heading in how's it gonna you know how are we going to settle what does the what does the new world look like when it comes to work well the way i see it is i think the change or the, the disruption or sort of continuous change will only continue right so i don't think we will move into an end state where everything re- sort of turns out to be calm and stable again um so i think the, the businesses that that really thrive in the future in the coming years also from a talent acquisition perspective uh, are the businesses and teams and people who are hugely innovative, right? Who are able to sort of move along with all these change uh, and come up with, you know, um, interesting and crazy ideas to excite people along the way, right? At one side and at the other side, also provide clarity on all the questions that people have and all the uncertainty people face. Because I think the uncertainty will remain, the dynamics will remain. Uh, and the only thing what you can do as a business is provide clarity at one side and at the other side, yeah, stand out, you know, we need to stand out of the crowd. Um, you know, co- the last two years learned us that, you know, lots of stuff can now be digital. Uh, and as such, it doesn't really matter anymore where you're based, for example, right? So everybody can work from anywhere. Um, but that also means you can work everywhere, right? So every business is now competing with every other business. And we see that too in our day-to-day work. Um so it's really important, I think, the organizations that will win in the future are those who really stand out, right, and differentiate and do something different because the traditional stuff people get bored of, right, and they leave, they leave the traditional stuff. So I don't have a concrete answer, right, what looks what the future looks like, but I actually do think it will, be, it, it will continue to be changed and we need to accommodate it. Michelle, thank you very much for talking to me. Pleasure. My thanks to Michelle Vizer. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.